God, we, we thank you for your grace. Um, God, we, we don't deserve it. I mean, that's what makes, what makes grace grace. We don't deserve that. It's nothing we do, nothing we've earned. But God, because of your love, you give it to us. Uh, we thank you for that. Um, God, we thank you for the many gifts, the many talents in which you've blessed us with um, here at this church. Uh, God, we, we, we are in awe sometimes just to, to see what you're doing. God, we ask you continue to do what it is you're doing and you continue to rise and raise up leaders and, and um, we raise up people with inside of your body to, to realize and, and to um, identify with the grace in which you've given us so they can be empowered to do great things for your name. Uh, Lord, we ask as we open your word today that uh, we can hear from you and uh, Lord, that we can just, just bask in your glory because we don't deserve any of it, but God, you, you, you have given us so much, uh, and we thank you for that. Lord, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. How are we doing today? Great, good. Awesome. Um, anybody ever have like a rough day? Or let's say like a rough morning? Never? My, my rough days and my rough mornings, my wife will, will attest to this. They're usually Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings. So, um, because uh, usually when the devil attacks and when uh, the, let's say, the marital stress is at its highest, is Saturday evening because that's when I'm really bringing all my notes and everything together for the week to prepare for today and the devil knows how to get to me because there's no one that can uh, affect my, uh, my countenance, my, my, uh, my attitude, my thought process and everything like uh, my wife can um, for, for the, the good and the, you know, for the positive and the negative and the devil knows that. Um, and please don't, I'm not inferring that my wife at sometimes is uh, possessed by the devil. Um, <laughs> I, sometimes I think so, but no, no. We, we do exorcists all the time, and uh, no, I'm just playing. But no, it, that's that, that's that. And then uh, for those of you who have kids, you know that your your kids kind of uh, act out at the most inopportune times. So um, I missed all of all of worship, all except for a little bit of your last song, which was amazing, um, because I was dealing with my my youngest, which is. Uh, He's going through some, some things. So um, I, I know that everybody in here that has kids go through, you, you've been through or going through or ha- will go through some difficult times with your kids, but um, understand that, that you're not alone in it and you're not the only one that uh, has to deal with that. So uh, I, I'll ask you all for your prayers for uh, Shannon and I and parenting our kids, but in the same, I mean, there's other people that need help, I mean, all, all around us. So um, I guess I, I want I, I want also to I, I I'm I'm glad I'm in a, a place which I can say that like I had trouble with with raising my kids in this world and I'm I'm at a place where I, I feel that like I can say that and you all are not sitting on me well I thought you're supposed to be the pastor and some godly man I am the pastor and I am I believe a godly man but my kids are heathens um, <laughs> but no. no. No, no, not not that, but they're, they're they're real, and those are some those are some of the real struggles that that we go through. So um, I don't know I don't know what all that's about, other than through those times, God's God's working on us. You know, he, He's working on us when when we're 
outside the church, but he's working on us while we're here too. And he's working on us when we're dealing with our children. So pray for me, and I'll pray for you. So if you've got a Bible, um, and I'll tell you this, and if, if you're the, the perfect parent, you don't have any trouble with your kids, please write a book and give it to me. I like to read. And I'll, I'll read it. I promise. Um, but if you've got a Bible, uh, turn to Luke chapter 8. Uh, Luke chapter 8. Um, we're going to look at, we're going to kind of pick up uh, like what we left off on last week a little bit and then move on into uh, th- this next uh, part of, of uh, this, this sermon that Jesus is giving here, this, this talk, this message, however you want to say it. Because starting in verse 4, we, we went through um, verse 4, uh, yeah, 4 through 15 last week. But starting in verse 4 all the way through verse 21, this is like one setting. This is one time in which they all, which Jesus was, was speaking. It was, uh, this is one time which was um, an account of, of Jesus giving this, this message. So all three of these, uh, or I should say one, two, three, four of these, you know, little headings, these pericopes here, all, you know, together. It's like one time where um, Jesus said, okay, I sit down and I'm going to talk to you. So they all go together. And I think that understanding how they all go together and what the focus that Jesus has through all of these going together speaks a lot into our lives and what we should do and help us to understand what he's saying here. So I'm not going to reread last week, um, last week's text. Uh, it is, I was able to get it up on, uh, on, online, so that sermon is up there if you all want to uh, listen to that. But we're going to pick up in verse 16. I'm going to read 16, and we're going to look at 16 through 21 right here. As I'm reading this, see if you can pick up, remembering what we talked about last week, but see if you can pick up like what Jesus' focus is through this whole message. Verse 16, No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will, not be, that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. All right, so if we're asking the question, like what is Jesus' main theme? What is Jesus' main focus in this, uh, this talk, this message, this sermon, whatever, however you want to uh, uh, term this? What was, was Jesus' main focus in this, if we were to ask that question, I, I think that we could very easily come up with um, a little bit of what we talked about last week. That it, it's all he's, his focus is the Word of God. Remember last week we talked about the seed that was planted. Yes, it's all about the condition of, of the soil, and we talked about how's the condition of your soul, how's your soul. But it all comes down to the seed, the Word of God. And he takes this to, to the next level, and, and I love how Jesus, he, he um, kind of, he gives a truth, and he gives like illustrations and support back on to like, hey, now I want you to think about this more, and I want you to think about this more and more and more and more. Here in verse 16, 
After Jesus talks about, he explains what the parable was, and he explains uh, the condition of the souls and the, the, the seed is the word of God. He says then that no one after lighting a lamp covers it, and puts it, or covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed. So right after he says this, what he does is he gives, he gives like an illustration. So he, he, he says here, what we need to pick up on is he's referring to uh, the, the Word of God and um, the, the, the truth of the Word of God, he's, he's referring to this as, as a lamp. Now, when, when, we, when we see this, we kind of, we may kind of start to, to uh, hit the 21st century mindset where a lamp is something that sits on a table, and then when we want light, we go over to it and we pull the little cord, or like Bobby says, clap on, yeah, you know, clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off the clapper. Yeah, we remember that, right? So, um, but it's one of those ways where it's, it's a light, it's like electricity that, that makes this lamp come on. Well, that's not really the lamp in which it's being talked about because uh, electricity wasn't there then. But anywho, um, I guess that could be debated. There's, there's lightning, that's electricity, right? Whatever. So uh, that's not the same kind of lamp. The lamp in which is, is, is being referred to here um, is, is a, like a, a vessel. It would have been made out of clay or it would have been made out of some type of metal, like a gold or something, where it, it held something. It held what? It held oil. And then there was a wick on this, uh, this uh, um, lamp, or there was some way in which you light this, which it, it burned the contents that were inside of it. As it burned the contents that were inside of it, it illuminated uh, the room or the place in which it, which it was. So when Jesus here, he says that no one after lighting a lamp covers it, he says, very practical. He takes this practical piece of, of um, equipment that, that everybody knew what it was for, and he says, okay, here's what it is. We talked about the seed. We talked about the word of God. We talked about it yielding fruit in, in, in lives. He says it's like, it's like this lamp that it's lit. And when you, when you light this lamp, you don't put it under something. Like the whole purpose of lighting the lamp is so it can shine so things can be seen, right? What is the, 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 the number one purpose for light? Anybody? To see? What, what was it, Miss Stephanie? dispel darkness. The number, one, the number one reason for light is to dispel darkness. So when this seed, when, when Jesus is, ta is talking about this lamp, the word of God, and it being lit, it's to dispel darkness. Now, when darkness is dispelled, things are discovered, right? When, when we could, if we were to turn out all the, the lights in, in here and sit here for a few minutes, and, and I could then, like, be like magic and appear, go into the back and then turn the lights on, that reveals it like I moved. Or it reveals like Jeremiah's up here picking his nose. Oh man, the lights came on. Or, or I got caught. It reveals, light reveals things. As it dispels the darkness, it reveals some things. Well, I, I think that as we understand what the purpose of the Word of God is, when it's, we're talking about it, it, it bearing fruit in, in the lives, yielding um, 30, 60, 100 fold, it does that by dispelling darkness, but by identifying things that need to be changed. And, and I love that, that, that Jesus makes this, this very um, commonsensical statement. Like, you don't you don't light the lamp and then put it under a jar. You light it for a purpose. So the question is, when, when we light our lamp, when our, light is, our lamp is lit in our life, what are we doing with that? 
are we trying to put it underneath a jar or are we putting it underneath the bed? Or, like Jesus says here, are we putting it on a stand for, for, for all to see? Now, I, I think that the, a lot of times we, we think that the, the, we look at the lamp like you should, we should let our light shine. We should let our faith shine. And, and this, that's what, that's what the, the light of the world is. No, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the truth. The truth, when it's in our lives, the truth is what lights things up and it dispels darkness, but it identifies things that need to change. But the question is, are we willing to change those things? And, and, and I think that the Jesus had this in mind because... When he said, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will, that will not be made known and come to light. That, that, that come to light is that come to evidence. That, that be, means be made known, okay? When the light shines on things, and when light shines in your, your, your life, things will be, be made known. And this is hard for some people, and that's why there's a lot of people where, like, I don't want to read the Bible, or I don't want to come to church as much as you crazy people do, you know, every Sunday, wow, or you're going to church Wednesday now, you're really weird. But what happens is, the more we learn, the more light that is brought into our lives, the more things that are revealed, and the more we have to deal with those things. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, when, when you have, when, when, when the light comes in and the, you're presented with, with these things that need to be changed, you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm grabbing, let me grab that lamp and put it back under over here. Let me put it into a different spot in my room. If I had a, a, a room that maybe that left-hand corner back there is dirty, well, let me put my light in the right-hand corner so when my company comes over, it illuminates this area and just casts shadows over there where they can't see. Well, that's not what's intended for the, the, the light. The, the, the lamp is to be put in the center so it, it disperses the light throughout the whole room or the whole house. Sometimes it's a position of where we put the lamp in our, in our life that causes us not to deal with the shadows because we're okay with, oh, there's a shadow over here. Oh, there's a shadow over here. When, because we know how to deal with the shadows. There's that, we know how to work within the shadows. Well, we have to understand when the light of the world, when Jesus comes and we stand in judgment, and this is what, if you're looking at a big picture here, this is what Jesus is saying. He's talking about final judgment. Um, he's talking about when you stand in front of me, there is nothing that the light is not going to reveal. Everything. And this is where some of us get kind of squeamish. Everything, every sin that you've ever committed, that you will commit, whatever, the secret that you have is not going to be secret anymore. One, the secret is really not a secret with God right now. So when we try to live like we're trying to keep stuff from God, that's an act of futility. God is not sitting up on his throne when he finds something out going, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> you know, when we say oops, and he's like, oh, yeah, you oopsed. No, he sees everything. That's one of the conversations that I have with Gabe all of the time is, you know, God sees everything you do. Everything when you're when you're mean to, to mommy or to sisters or to wherever, God sees all that. I'm not trying to scare him. I want him to be at, at his age aware of what's going on. The reality that God sees when you don't think anybody else does. Maybe it, no one else does, but God does. And what we need to understand is is we don't need to be afraid of the light. 
We don't need to be afraid of, of, of cranking that light up more and more and more to reveal more and more and more stuff that's in our lives because we, the, the reason we don't need to be afraid of that is because the Bible has, has told us, God has told us himself, himself that he, he's there to help us deal with that. And we don't have to be enslaved to that. We can be free from that. If we choose to be enslaved, it's because we choose to be enslaved. We have the power to overcome all of that. So when, when Jesus is talking here, he goes on to say, Take care then how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. This is in reference, this is that, that part of when I was talking about like this final judgment. Jesus is talking about there are those that think that they've got things figured out. Well, I've got something here. Well, when they stand in front of Jesus, everything's going to be taken away because they have some type of false hope. Their hope wasn't in Jesus. Their hope was in the stuff. And Jesus is saying, you've got to be careful how you hear. You've got to be careful how you hear the word of God. And I love the imagery that, that is painted here. And I, I look at this as, okay, we have this, this vessel with oil in it, and it's, it's lit. Um, oil is a, a consumable product, right? Oil doesn't last forever. So what needs to happen with this lamp? You, you need to, to replenish it, right? You need to put oil in it. You need to pour more oil and more oil and more oil so the flame can, can grow or can, can sustain. Well, I, I think that this is what, what Jesus is saying here. One of the things that Jesus is saying here, be careful how you hear. Just, just like if you had this lamp and you were pouring oil in, into it, someone would say to you or you would think to yourself, be careful how I pour, Right? I want to make sure when I'm pouring this oil, it's getting into the lamp, so it's feeding this flame. I don't want to just say, and just dump oil, and now you got just oil all over the place. No, we want to make sure that when, we, when we're feeding this, this, this lamp, when we're putting this oil in here, like Jesus is saying, be careful how you do that. And I say that there is a way in which we can take the Word of God, and people think, well, all I need to do is just read the Bible. But there's a problem, though, when, because people think that they can just take the Bible and then, hey, hey, at least I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing something here. But they're not feeding on the Word of God. They're not, they're not reading the Word of God and listening and communicating with God like it's intended. What they're doing is they're going through and looking for verses that they can use and pull out and use as Bible darts. You know? Oh, hey, Shannon, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. Right. Yeah, Lee, it also says that the husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. Are those true? Yeah, but sometimes we use this, use those in a, um, uh, a malicious way. We don't need to approach Scripture like that. What we need to do is approach Scripture understanding this is God's communication to us. When people come to me, and they, they have, believe it or not, um, when people come to me and they, 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 they say things like, man, I haven't heard from God lately. Or I just, I just feel like alone. I don't think God's there anymore. One of the, one of the first questions that, that I ask in my uh, list of questions is, well, how are you doing reading the Bible? Well, I'm praying a lot, but no, no, no. How are you reading? So when you pray, pray prayer is essential to, to your walk with Christ. But that's just like one part of communicating. Like, okay, you're talking to God, but how is he talking to you? The communication comes back when we read his word. No one can say, well, you know, God just doesn't talk to me anymore. Well, 
He, he has given you this, this beautiful thing that you can pick up and you can hear his words. This is how he communicates to us. Now, when we talked about last week about how, how the condition of our soul needs to be um, prepared to receive this word, absolutely, that's important. But what we have to understand is we've got to put the word in. We, we, we've got to fill and, and replenish the oil that's inside of the lamp so that the, the fire still burns. I think what a lot of people do, and, and I get my, I've, I've found, found myself there um, before, is, man, I got the, the lamp in the middle of the room, and I got it, it's full of oil, and it's lit, and it's just shining. And then I just say, oh, it's, man, it's going good. And then a little bit later, oh, it's, it's still going good. And it's going good. And it just seems like it's easy to just kind of slowly fade out and just say, okay, it's still burning. Yeah, but it'll burn out if we don't replenish it. I think that it's important that we see that when that light is illuminated in our lives, it's not just to be a firecracker, illumination, and be done. It's to be illuminated and continue to burn. That's where the fruit comes. That's where we grow in our walk with Christ is because the light is revealing things that are in our lives, these obstacles, these dark places that need to be dealt with. I think that when we look back at this, we can see that this understanding is not something that is foreign to any of us. Just think about it. I mean, you, maybe it's not inside the, the, the church or your spiritual life or anything. Maybe it's just your, you and your kids. You, you, you put out, you put out, you put out, you put out, you put out. They just take, you know, kids are like little leeches and they just suck everything out of you, right? You give and give and give and give and give and give. And then finally, sometimes you're just like, I ain't got anything else to give. I don't know what, I, I can't give anymore. Maybe it affects you uh, emotionally, but maybe then, it, maybe it's so bad it affects you physically. I, I don't know. But it, it comes down to a point where it's just like you're giving and giving and giving so much that you need to be replenished. Maybe that's on, a, so that's not a spiritual level, but on a spiritual level, we can equate that. Sometimes we, we, are, we minister and we're, we're pouring out, we're helping people with their um, spiritual needs. We're praying for them, we're teaching them, we're, we're guiding them, we're discipling them. But what we're doing is we're, we're giving and giving and giving, but we're not pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. Not only should it be going out, but it should be coming in. So I, I think that that's what, when, when Jesus is looking at this, or when he's talking about this, he says that, okay, be careful how this, all, this, all this takes place. Something else that, that really stands out to me in this text as we're talking about the Word of God, Jesus identifies who we are to identify with as family because of the word of God. Do you see that there? In verse um, 21, but he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Hear me out on this a little bit, or, or let's just like, let that they kind of marinate a little bit. Sometimes it's easy to hear, right? I, I'm, I'm guilty of this with my wife. I hear my wife say a lot of things, right? It's hard sometimes to do what it is I'm told. So it's not just hearing the word of God. It's not just setting the lamp inside of the, the center of the room and it, 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 it uh, um, illuminating things. It's doing something about that. That's, 
That's the difficult part. Because most of the things that we need to do something about are things that are going to be difficult to do. You, you all know, we, we do this, right? We, we do the easy stuff. We, do, we may do the things that, well, well Marty's going to see this, and I'm, so I, I better make sure I do this, because if I don't, then he's going to see that. We, we try to use the accountability card, which accountability is great, but sometimes we use accountability as just a mask. I'm just going to do what people can see and not really take care of what's behind the scenes here. No, when the Word of God illuminates something that needs to be done, we need to do something about that. Because if not, there's not going to be the fruit in which you desire. We all desire fruit. We all desire to see a, a great yield. We all have the ability to do that. But it's what, what are we doing with what God has given us? Primarily, what are we doing with His Word? Last week, we ended with, like, so um, the fruit of the Word of God, the yield that comes from this, it's not in the actions and everything we do. Should we do those actions? Yes, but those should be a byproduct of, the, of what's going on in our life. And we talked about uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 12, that the thoughts and the intentions of our heart should be, um, uh, should be discerned, should be motivated, should be focused by uh, the, the Word of God coming into us. I, gave you, I think I gave you a few scriptures to read, but one of those scriptures to, to read was uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Turn there with me if you would, because I, I think that understanding, uh, um, like, I, I've got the, I, 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 I've heard the word, I'm hearing what you're saying, and, and I, I'm, I'm hearing the word, I'm reading the word, I'm, I'm putting the word in the middle of the room, and, it, and it's lighting things up, but holy crap, it's revealing a lot of stuff, and I don't know exactly where to start, and what, what I'm supposed to do, and how to go about this. Well, I, I think that we can have a little bit of guidance um, given to us here in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, talking about the Word of God, okay? It says, all Scripture, Scripture being the Word of God. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Just, just hold on, just, just let that kind of sink in. You want to hear from God what is Scripture? Scripture is breathed out, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's His breath, it's His Spirit. Understand that, that, that this is one of the, the, those great Greek words I love. It's, it's theonoustos, the breath of God. Scripture is like the breath of God. So when we, when we look at this, we see that, okay, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Not just some. It says all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. For what? Well, this is where when we look, we say, okay, I've got the lamp in the middle of the room. It's, it's shining light. What do I do now? What is it, what's it intended for? Well, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, or if you don't know what a reproof is, like, like a rebuke. That means a loving, a loving hey, you got to do this. For correction and for training in righteousness. So if you don't know where to start when that light reveals things, just, just kind of look at here and say, okay, what, what do I need to be taught? What is this that is revealing an area in which I need, I need to learn or I need to grow in this area or in this area or whatever? Kind of use this as, I don't want to say use this as a list, but use it as a motivation. What is it that I need to be taught? Or maybe what is it that I need to be confronted on? 
Like, what are things that are, like, this, there's something that is wrong, so I need to be re- reproofed or, or corrected in, in an area. Because I, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble in here, but you don't always do the right things. Right? Well, it's, it, sometimes we need to keep telling ourselves that. And it's not like negative self-talk, like, yeah, you're jacked up, you're so worthless. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's realizing that, oops, sometimes happens with you. Happens with me. We don't always do the right thing. We have to be open for the word of God to identify when we have done something wrong. That's the intent. That's one of the purposes here is that so the, the word can, can wash over us, can, can illuminate something, and we can do something about it. Or... When, when, when something is, is illuminated here, maybe it's for training in righteousness. Righteousness is that, 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 that right standing before God. I want to train. Think about this, because I want to train so when I do stand before God, because we all will stand before God, I'm going to be prepared to be there, right? There's something, one of the, those great long words that I love, sanctification. It's a process of, uh, of becoming more and more um, holy or more and more like Christ. We use the word discipleship kind of synonymously with that. But it's we're getting closer and closer and closer to him. But it takes training. It's not trying. I've used the bad illustration a lot. I can try to run a marathon and it'll go very bad. But if I train to run a marathon, I might make it a couple miles or something. You, you know what I'm saying? But it, it, there's a difference between trying and training. Where does that training come from? It comes from the Word of God. It comes from something being illuminated in our lives and us doing something about that. Verse 17 says, it goes on, so it gives all these things, and it says, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That little, that, that, that little um, uh, phrase there, man of God, that, that is something that is used in the Old Testament. That it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a common expression of the Old Testament, meaning like a messenger of God. So just kind of insert that in there, that the messenger of God may be complete. Whew, I'm out of there because I'm not a messenger of God. No, you are. As if you're a disciple of Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a messenger of God. So the word of God, it, it, it washes over us. It teaches us. It reproves us, corrects us. It trains us so that the messenger of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I, as I was going through all of this this week, uh, I was looking, I like to use you know, different translations of the Bible just to kind of get a lot of the, the, the big picture here. Uh, there was a translation that was particularly uh, interesting to me um, that, that I think that helps us grasp a lot of this um, even further. I, not that you don't grasp this, we grasp this, but I think it even puts us to the next level. Um, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I mean, that, that kind of, it just kind of hits a head, the, the nail on the head. It, it, it makes light of what is wrong in our lives and shows us what is right. But it shows us what we need to do. But you got to do it. 
That's where that, 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 that responsibility on our part comes in. I think a lot of times it's, it is. It's difficult to do the things we know we need to do. But that's one of the beautiful things or the beautiful parts about the corporate gathering. Jesus says, or the, the Bible tells us to not to forsake the, the gathering together of the saints because we're to stir one another up to good works, okay? We're to stir one another up. How do you stir one another up? Sometimes it's going up and putting your arm around someone that's going through a hard time and saying, you're not in this alone. We're here to do this together. Sometimes it's motivating somebody like, I'm trying to do something, but I, just, I, can't, I can't do it. Yeah, you're right. You can't do it alone. Let's do it together. This, this, is, this important part here, it's understanding that God has an intended purpose for every single one of you. I sent a text out to a few guys this week that was just, you know, God spoke in a way. There was no audible, audible voice. I'm still waiting for that. I mean, or at least a text message. I wish he would just, from God, I want you to build an ark. Um, but in, <laughs> no, right. But it, it was this, this text message I sent out that, that said, you know, God made you, you, for a reason. And that's something that, that I know I've been struggling with for quite some time. It's like, because I'm always trying to, I want to do better at this and I want to do better. Is, is it good to have these desires, these aspirations? Yeah. But it's understanding that God made you, you for a reason. If everybody was the same, this would be crazy. I mean, th- this, this church would be nuttier, all right? Like, we'd have to change the name from LifePoint Church to Snickers or something like that. That was good. Come on, right? No, so, but, but it, we're all different. And God has made you, you for a reason. Now, it's my job, and it's the job of the leaders within inside of the church to help you be the best you in which you can be for the kingdom of God, for his glory. But it's not trying to change you and make you someone who you're not. Too many times, that's what we think. We, well, we got to paint, and we got to change all this stuff, and well, I got to be like this person or I can't be used of God. No, you need to be you, but you need to let God use you, be you to impact others. That makes sense. Does that, doesn't it give you like a, for me, it gives me like this, this um, weight that's lifted. It gives it a lightened load, like whew, it's okay to be Lee. I try to tell my wife that too. Like, it's okay to be me. I know I'm a jerk, but no, I'm not playing. I'm, it, but it's not okay to be a jerk, but it's okay to be how you are in certain areas if you're doing what it is you're doing for the glory of God. And God's affirming that. We talked in Sunday school this morning. You're not allowed to, and God's not going to affirm you being a jerk for the gospel. Like the gospel of Jesus Christ, it says we're to live our, uh, um, our, our lives a manner, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that we go and we smack everybody upside the head and say, hey, you better turn to Jesus or you're going to hell. Is it the truth? Yeah, it's the truth, but that's not the way in which you go about it. Don't be a jerk about it. Be you about it, though. Some people are a little bit bolder than others. Not everybody's Brian. I mean, that, that would be great. If, if everybody was Brian, we would all, we would all we'd have to turn the volume up a little bit, a little bit louder because we would all be deaf. It's not a bad thing, right? I mean, it's not a bad thing that Brian's, Whatever. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's a West Virginia fan. They got trumped last night. I mean, like Bobby. Um, it's okay, though. Through those times, God is teaching us how to mourn and how to endure suffering. Right, Bobby? 
Clemson won last night. Um, so, <laughs> but you're you for a reason. God's using you. God's using me. And he's got a purpose for you. But that purpose is to be revealed, is to be brought to light when the word of God is, is brought into your life. So it, when you um, condition your soil, when, when, when you read and you plant the seeds of the word of God, how it illuminates things in your life, how you deal with what it is that you need to deal with. Because like Jesus says here, if you look, turn back to, to Luke... As Jesus says there, my mothers and my brothers, those who identify with me is what he's saying. Jesus is saying that. Those who identify with me, not me, Lee, Jesus, those who identify with me are those who hear the word and do it. How do you, how do you hear the word? Yeah, you hear the word on Sunday morning when you're here, but you need to hear the word every day. So that, that puts responsibility in, in, back into your court too. What you doing about it? What, what do we need to do about it? What can we help you with? What, what, whatever that, is, that may be. So I, my, my, my last encouragement is I, I, that sometimes some people don't know where to start. I want to read the Bible and I want to help them identify things, but I don't know where to start. Well, in the past, I've given homework assignments of, of reading. So we're going to do this over the next few weeks. We're going into the Advent season. Next Sunday will be the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, we will be, um, <laughs> I almost said singing Christmas songs, but uh, maybe, maybe one or two, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I got the okay from Laura. So, um, but next, next week, we'll start with the, the prophecy candle. And we're going to, uh, what I want you to do is uh, Genesis 3.15 and Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Those are the two texts. If you guys want to start somewhere this week to, to read, read those. Genesis 3.15, Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Those would probably be the, like the launching point in which we, uh, we start with next week. But we're going to be talking about the, 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 this, the prophecy of the coming Messiah. So, kind of to cover everything, I guess what we talked about today is, ask yourself, is the lamp lit? Okay? Now, if it's lit, where is it at? Is it in the center of the room? Is it on a stand? Or is it under a jar? Is it under a bed? Where is it at? So, if you start with that progression of questions, is it lit? Where is it at? Is it in the right place? If it is in the right place, are you replenishing the oil in it? Just go through that. How, what, what do I need to do? And then if you are, okay, what is it illuminating? What do you need to deal with? Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you. God, we love you. And uh, God, we can't, we can't put into words what you've put into words. God, your word is breathed out by you. God, we, we believe that to be true. Lord, we ask as we encounter things in Scripture that we, maybe we, it's, it's uncomfortable, uh, that we, uh, as we encounter it, we know that it is for our best interest. God, just let us be faithful to you. Lord, as we continue in uh, worship, Lord, we ask that uh, our hearts are just molded by you every single day. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.